Maxing out APM and leveling up. Skill shots, build orders, gotta gear up. With legendary drops, so let's go and do the daily grind. Hey everyone, and welcome to the first podcast of the Daily Grind. Brand new IP, so to speak, from uh, myself, Sean Kopp, and Miles Eschenique. Hello. We'll be co-hosting uh, this bad boy. Originally came up as a concept to spend a little bit more, little bit more time talking to each other and also examining sort of what it means to be a gamer as life continues onwards. What do you think about where this podcast is headed, Miles? You know, we we talked a lot in college, uh, my roommates and I, about how we would make the transition into the workforce and potentially a marriage and children and maintaining a family while also maintaining your sense of identity and your passions and your hobbies and not just related to gaming but anything else that might might stem up as a result of that so you know i i was thinking we could talk kind of about some more of the intellectual or deep and more profound kinds of media that we uh, consume um you know it's not just gaming we have some TV shows and movies that we consider to be, I don't know, that have altered our path and the way we've thought about things and impacted us. Yeah, so. and it even extends beyond entertainment. You know, it's hobbies in general, obviously. Uh, we'll go into a little bit of our backstories here in a moment, but obviously I'm very passionate about beer, home brewing, have obligations uh, that I love performing, you know, to my family, to my wife and daughter. And it's just about sort of, uh, yeah, preserving that sort of identity that's tied to entertainment and to our friends, uh, most importantly. Because if it were solo gaming, I feel like it would drop off quite quickly. Uh, Here we stand. So as far as uh, what you can expect from this podcast, I think we're looking to have many discussions about what it means to be a gamer as an adult as we enter manlyhood. I'm sure that some uh, podcasts will venture into the the deeper and perhaps more inquisitive discussions but also we might have a situation as well where we are uh, discussing you know just games for a whole episode so um always a uh, always a guess i think uh, what we're gonna yeah. what we're gonna be talking about I think it'll be like a um, as new games come out that we're really hyped up about that'll probably tend to dominate the conversation for that episode or maybe the next couple of episodes as big releases come out and uh, and that's kind of how it is. I mean, we all uh, we all know you know when the new game comes out, our you know we're excited about playing it. Other responsibilities go on hold. Other games go on hold. Other forms of entertainment. So it only makes logical sense. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny how we've talked about this before, too, outside of uh, any sort of recording, but just how our group as a whole kind of, well, it, it's like, a, you know, it's like the tide, it rolls in when new releases come in, we all kind of touch base and have a sort of better sense of community, and then after the excitement and the hype for that game dies off, then we go our separate ways, play, we kind of shift back into our core interests as uh you know gamers and as people really yeah so i think before we get into it that's part of a subject that we definitely want to talk about on our pilot episode but i think even before 
uh, we get into that. Um, let's talk a little bit about ourselves. Miles, you want to give a little bit of your backstory and sort of uh, how we came to meet and uh, just a little bit about yourself. <laughs> so I'll start out with me, but the backstory between Sean and myself is kind of a interesting one. I uh, I grew up in a small town and uh, kind of got into gaming when I don't even remember. I think we had a probably it was a NES and then graduated. You've told me to the story that your dad got you into it, right? Yeah, and uh, in some ways, you know, we uh, we would game, and then I when dial-up internet came around, we kind of started to make our way into that. But before then. I remember we would kind of stay up and sneak back out to the living room after we had oh, gone yeah. to sleep, quote-unquote, and, uh, you know, we'd play, and then we'd try and keep it down and then sneak back to bed. But I just remember that and Prince of Persia on our old Apple computer, and it's just it's funny how uh, it kind of has progressed. But we definitely, in terms of the Internet, that was always such an interesting dynamic for living where we did we would have to run ridiculously long phone like phone lines not uh, ethernet this is before then oh yeah and we'd have to dial in and everything and if oh, yeah, someone I remember called that back in, like the command and conquer days <laughs> yeah we we would sure. play age of empires with uh-huh. a couple of our friends and um it was just funny cuz whenever anyone would call you'd be disconnected obviously and it was like ah oh, damn it i know we played diablo 2 and on pvp and it was just uh it was really interesting, and we always felt super kind of constrained in a way because we could never really play at, like, a competitive level. We never could really... It was kind of always compensating for lag, and, you know, it was just interesting to uh, have that when our friends would talk about gaming. And so we would... And another thing we would do is, after we got our cars, we would have to drive. We would commute, like some we'd make some kind of pilgrimage to game for a weekend or whatever it may be and we'd haul all of our gear and have a couple of sweaty stinky boys i don't think anyone ever would shower for the duration of the weekend why would you <laughs> just waste cutting into that precious time yeah so um it it's just been it's been such an integral part of my life uh gaming and um I don't know, I just, I remember the very first game that I ever beat was The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and uh, it was just such a defining moment, because I had never beaten a game, I'd played games and never gotten to the end, and this was the one that took probably a couple months, I remember I just quit at one point during the uh, Water Temple, and I just like, I, I can't figure this out. So I ended up caving and using a, a walkthrough for the water temple part because it was just so hard to like get all the kind of order of operations to get it myself out of there. But um, moving forward, you know, uh, I, I moved into college and kind of that was when I really kind of got into a point where I had a consistent internet connection and I could patch and be up on the time, so to speak, and playing with my roommates and uh here's where i met here's how i met sean we were playing a game called league of legends i just kind of an indie very small game you ever heard of it yeah Uh, i think steam like steam greenlit it a little bit yeah Yeah. it was in the uh yeah it was just uh it was in the alpha for a while and then beta and it's still really on the it's on the lowdown kind of but uh they use it in college courses to show how free to play doesn't make any money and nobody should try it Right, it's like a cautionary tale, really. Yeah, 
<laughs> but um, so we were playing League of Legends one time, and we got into a lobby, and this guy auto locks his Shaco after we'd already called a jungler and everything, and he says, "Oh, I'm gonna support a Shaco." And so we're like, this guy, I, I don't know what it is we're going to do, but whatever, he's trolling, we'll just report him out to the game. And he we still trolls on. to this day. Oh, yeah, that's a given. <laughs> that man's name is, uh, it's Daniel Nash. Daniel Sean. We we won handily and then went on to invite him, and he brought in a friend called the Shanzi, and so we started playing, and... That was kind of it. I mean, we clicked immediately talking yeah, on Skype. Our about... whole group too, you know. Like, I think I think me and Miles hit it off. Uh, oh yeah, more quickly than others. But the whole group had a had a great sort of vibe to it. Well, you remember the the game that was shortly after League of Legends, right? <laughs> uh, which one? Shazbot. Oh, Shazbot. Yeah, that was yeah <laughs> another defining moment. So it's we like, played. Oh, do you want to do you want to try another free to play game? Oh yeah, hell yeah, sign me up. Yeah, so we got into a, a game called Tribes Ascend, and it's kind of a free to play shooter, but it's yeah, still I mean, so good. It, well, it's a good game. Yeah, it's fast. It's very reminiscent of Unreal Tournament and Doom yeah, and Quake, Quake that Doom, genre yeah. of our era rather of gaming. Our yeah, FPS the Twitch wise. shooters. Right. So I mean, from there, it was kind of just like an obvious chemistry between the two of us and amongst the group really as a whole we just kind of branched out and started talking about a lot of things and sean was uh with me at a pretty i met sean at a pretty challenging time in my life i had uh i had gone through a breakup and then the death of my father and then after that it was graduation so it was just kind of like boom 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 and sean and i like we just connected on a it sounds kind of cheesy, but we connected on a pretty deep level, and then from I would there, agree. especially at that point, right? I mean, it was kind of like really just a intense time, and um, then I kind of went offline in a sense when I moved back home. But Sean came out to California when we had our first uh, DenCon, as we God, like to call it. That was so fun. That was oh so yeah, fun. <laughs> I was watching the videos. You are so <laughs> just hyped during that game of resistance when uh i was hyped you, i was hyped all weekend yeah the the bleed blue though was just yeah it was so powerful <laughs> um, we'll end up getting those pictures on the or those videos on the website yeah we'll definitely <laughs> put them on there for your enjoyment or cringing i don't know it depends we'll see yeah. how you see it but um i mean since then it's just kind of been an obvious friendship really and that expanded into sean's brother chris so (laughs) chris moved out here to california so now i have a cop in the neighborhood so to speak you guys have hung out several times now oh yeah there's been several times we've just like randomly like what are you doing this weekend and when he drives up or down or or, you know he drives down and we drive up yeah and so it's been a great like extension of sean it's just been a really fortuitous coming together of a bunch of like-minded people and daniel the one we mentioned troll shaco actually went to our house he came to our thanksgiving when he was out here in california so i mean it's just been great we all went to pack together people yep so, yeah, we just made that happen, buckled down, and made it happen. So, so uh, Miles, you want to explain to the people uh, your very interesting job and you know what you do on a day-to-day basis besides gaming? I think you're taking a little bit of liberty with uh, interesting. Um, you're <laughs> Batman, right? Yeah, but I oh. can't talk about that. Okay. 
So um, I'll bleep I it out. am what they call a category manager. And so basically I just work with uh, a lot, a lot of data. And um, so I just run a lot of reports. I work for Green Giant Fresh, so it's pretty big. I think you may have heard of them. And we sell lots of vegetables and whatnot. And I just kind of sit in my corner and plug it away. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. And if I did that job, I would be a vegetable. Oh, yeah. That's uh, it, yeah. That's yeah. a that's actually my mind also would be creamed corn. <laughs> well, this is probably what we'll get into talking about at some point in the podcast is just like the dynamic of entering the workplace and kind of yeah. being on point so to speak and poning so that you don't get kicked down yeah. to a bronze league or something in real life. I don't know. Just like a basic functioning member of society. Yeah. Like bottom line. So like, do what you want to do in your own time, but you got about 40 hours to at least make the world function. Right. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to share with the audience before um, no, I, I take think, the helm? Yeah, I think, you know, it's just um, I'm a small town guy and it's been an interesting road to to be on this. Like, just my, I, I think my life's been pretty interesting. I would hope your life's interesting because otherwise we're going to lose <laughs> oh, a man. lot of... We're going to go into the negative viewers, our listeners. I don't know how that works. but I think they actually, so when iTunes deletes your (laughs) podcast, I think that that's when you go to negative. Like, people are just like, wait, you used to listen to it? I've never heard of that. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, it's challenging. It's like the noise is sucked out of their head. Like, (laughs) iTunes is like, give me that podcast back. You can't listen to that anymore. Memory erased. The Men in Black show up. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of things I think this podcast is going to branch out into and touch upon, so I'm excited to see how we can reach out to our listeners and kind of share our insights. And our friends, yeah. And friends, yeah. But they've probably already heard us babble on about (laughs) our, our, you know, philosophic ranting, so to speak. So I'm just excited to see what it is our, what resonates with our listeners. So, yeah. Yeah. And also what this pod, what form this podcast take because r- right now it's very malleable, you know. Yeah. But we just knew that we wanted to do it. We wanted to do it on a regular basis, and we wanted to sort of examine what it takes to you know just do a podcast and make content. That's one thing that um, I've. I've been thinking about lately and for the past couple of years, especially getting into like a really solid job and developing a, a trade and <clears throat> skill is the idea of creating. Uh, we're in it. We're in a day and age where it's all consumption, right? And there's a few people that are, that are uh, worshiped as, you know, gods amongst men that create and they create for a living and they have a blast. You're looking at artists across the board. Um, obviously more and more people are getting into just, uh, creation, you know, with obviously the use of the web, all the information that's out there to just like pick up a hobby and start doing things. But that's always been one thing that I've always wanted to challenge myself on ever since I heard uh, a few people talk about it. One of the guys was Tycho or uh, Jerry Holkins from Benny, uh, Penny Arcade. But he just he just says, let's sit down and create, you know, I'm trying to create here. I just love that idea of like, let's just, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad or whatever, but let's take on some risk you know let's put ourselves out there and let's see what what comes up on top and even if you're not always successful at least you're out there and you're pushing yourself you're sort of testing limits i feel like in some extension that's what this podcast means to me and might mean in the future and to to further upon that when you talk about how everyone's so 
happy to consume, whether that's a new TV show that they want to binge watch on Netflix or a BuzzFeed article that is inevitably an aggregated sort of recycled from various corners of the internet. That's all it is. It's just an right. aggregate. And so, it, you know, like you're saying, it's very empowering to create something. And uh, at the same time, it is a little unnerving because you see how kind of just toxic the internet as a community can be towards that. It can put you down really quick. Yeah. And but the one thing, too, is the people that know you, you know, and the people that have an invested relationship in you if you do something of you know of value or like if you even just take risk on something that doesn't turn out that well a lot of people are still like holy shit man good for you that's awesome that you made a podcast you do a podcast or like oh man like you you brewed beer or you you know you oh you wrote this poem this poem's excellent you know like just that matter of creation like it encourages other people too to kind of find that fulfillment Right. And what I, in my experience in life has been, I've just never really considered myself entirely too creative or just, I I don't really hold myself in that high of regards. I I don't think I'm mediocre, but I don't want to like build myself up too much at the same, on the same token. But then I'm told by other people that that know and love me that you know I am actually a good guy as like as a person and I'm a smart guy and so when I actually come out of my shell and just put that even when it's like silly stupid little one-off poems or things I've written and people say that was really good or that was really funny so I think like you're saying is you really do have to put yourself out there and we're in a day and age that uh, you can put yourself out there very easily so why wouldn't you Right. There, you know, you have to kind of face the criticism of these anonymous people, but you also have to acknowledge, you know, whatever compliments are doled out and, and the criticism and the feedback, and you build on that rather than, like, retreating back into your shell. We also need to find a way, like, it's not just about creation, too. It's not just about, like, throwing stuff that you make out there. It's about trying to make it of good quality and also finding happiness in it you know that's what we're after in the end um is finding some sort of satisfaction um so um i suppose i ought to introduce myself at this moment my name's sean cop um i'm a brave uh nordic man (laughs) up in uh minnesota um Um, you won't hear him you know cite that he's from the north this is probably the only time you'll ever hear him say probably yeah because it's just a super impressive thing when people just find out. They're like, oh, is it cold up there? You're like, yep. Um, but uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, when I was younger, as far as my gaming history, uh, my folks didn't really want me to play games. They saw it as obviously useless, and uh, they were just, you know, like, you know, you should be outside, or you should be reading, and all that stuff. And of course I read, and I played outside, because they put limits on my gaming. But I think... Um, it was a few a few formative moments where um playing things like Metal Gear Solid and Sonic the Hedgehog and Aladdin and um uh Fantasy Star and things like and Doom and things like that at my, these these friends houses that I had you know like we weren't really allowed to have these bigger systems um and so that was always very formative when I was like oh my god like oh I get to go play Super Mario 3 over at my friend's house you know and I just always had this sort of uh, fascination of games and being like, and the challenge. Um, and, uh, so it finally came time when I came of age, 
that I uh, got a Game Boy. And we're talking the brick oh, Game yeah. Boy, the gray one. <laughs> Not the Game and Boy I, color, right? Yeah, no. No, we're talking about Game Boy, the boy of games, the the No the modifying uh, suffixes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, new Nintendo 3DS XL. No lights, no, this is no just, eyes. This is, yeah, this is just <laughs> Game Boy. Um, and so I played Tetris on it all the time, Super Mario World, Kirby's Dream Land, things like that. And then eventually, too... I knew my parents weren't going to throw down the the change for uh, N64, so just on a whim, I had asked my grandparents to buy me an N64. Oh no, uh, you for didn't. Christmas! Oh yeah, and they did. And it was funny, like so, I got it for Christmas with <laughs> Super Mario 64. And I was like, oh my god, you Mario broke the Nintendo chain of command, 64. <laughs> I did, I did. But what with great risk comes great reward, and uh, and it was funny, like the reward was. Oh, we got this N64. Oh, they love it. And so the next, the next, uh, let's see, it was January, the first week in January, after Christmas, my dad went out and bought Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey and oh, Pilot Wings. Oh, that's a good game. Yeah, and um, and so and, and he ended up just like you know he liked the fights in Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey the most. You know, he didn't really get the whole gaming thing. Like eventually, he got into Gauntlet and things like that. Um, but. He did enjoy the experience of playing with his uh, kids on video games for a while, at least, until his kids began to surpass him in skill. Oh, uh, <laughs> that's the natural evolution yeah, of things. Right, exactly. You need to, yeah. He can still run faster than us, but we were better at video games. So, in the end, I think it's a fair trade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a wash. Um, so, yeah, it turned into N64, and then uh, when I got into high school, it ended up being... Uh, I bought a GameCube with my own money because I got my first job uh, and played the classics on there. You know, Super Mario Sunshine, Resident Evil 4. Oh, um, man. Yeah. Resident Evil 4, yeah. It's so good. Um, but, yeah, you name it. Super Smash Brothers Melee, I played it on there. And then... Uh, Let me pause yeah. real quick. Yeah. Uh, we should we should share our, our ages, I think, because I didn't mention Oh, mine. yeah, we should date ourselves. I yeah. suppose we're already <laughs> dating ourselves in a way. Right. I, I'm 29. I was born in 1985. And I am 25. Born in 1989, then? No, 90. I have an early birthday oh, in okay. January. Oh, got it. Got it. Okay. Wow, you are young. Yeah. And wow, I am old. But Anyways. Chris is older than me. <laughs> yeah, that's He crazy. has gray hair and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's mostly due to my folks, probably. But um, <laughs> I would think after that, it was Grand Theft Auto 3 that I borrowed a friend's PlayStation 2 to play on. That was awesome. I ended up needing to get a PlayStation 2, got into things like Shadow of the Colossus, Ooh, uh, yeah. SOCOM, and speaking of dial-up, that was one that... <laughs> oh, I PS2, remember that. Yeah, still yeah. took that. You, yeah. had to, you had to have an adapter that plugged in, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and then even then it was spotty. Like, it was crazy. That was one big pile of garbage, that whole <laughs> multiplayer thing. Yep. And then you, it even had, like, this voice command thing where you could, like... It, it, the headset would pick up and you'd be able to tell your troops, like, micromanage. Right. That was, like... That was cool. One of the first... Uh, implementations of that from what i remember that was like yeah like that and online it was like oh my god you have the headset and you're really cool like these guys and you're like talking your squad yeah it was that and then what was the uh oh manhunt was a really cool implementation yeah it's really violent and then you would have the headset and you felt like just because you were playing the game like you were so scared to make noise because you could put the headset on and then you would like if you made a noise it would draw people over oh right right every every now and then you would accidentally fart or something like that (laughs) like yeah and and then guys like huh and you're like god 
<laughs> you you no. know what's like funny about that game in particular? Like this just brought me back uh, for Manhunt. I remember that God that must have been like. 12? I don't even know. When that game came out, I remember it was around, like, my birthday, and what I had gotten for my birthday was some white leather bracelets with those punk rock studs on them, you know? The, sure. The, 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 yeah, the yeah. pyramid so ones. so corny. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I remember about that game. That's... Like, oh, I look like Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, my God. So cringeworthy. But, yeah, uh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> so other than that, it's just been, like, kind of... Uh, console gaming for a lot. I absolutely dominated at Halo in uh, high school and then on into college. Played on Xbox, played on the 360 when it came out. So <clears throat> basically, since the N64, I've played about every system and most of the iconic classics on every one. Except surprisingly for PS3. I did I did play some on PS3, but now it's pretty cool to be at a point in my life when I can be like, I'm going to have all the consoles. I you I'm know not gonna, yeah I'm not gonna buy them in the same year, but I'm gonna do it because I'm like I've never been able to and I think you and I were talking about that right, where yeah. like obviously there's sort of <clears throat> it does take a certain level of investment and certain level of uh, like self degradation to be like I'm gonna have all these consoles <laughs> and I'm gonna play all the games yeah but like it, there is something satisfactory to where like what when The Last of Us came out I was like well. You know, I, a lot of people I'm saying, or, or a lot of people I, I respect their opinions on, are saying it's one of the best games of all time, and I don't get to play it. Same for the Uncharted stuff, you know, that Naughty oh, Dog yeah. stuff that really stands out. And so, you know, those are things. Now, I just didn't want to be at that point where, like, if a, if a system came out with a game that I had to play that was a truly sort of memorable experience, uh, I wanted to be able to take part in it uh, socially. That was, uh, see, my justification for that was, uh, for getting all the consoles, uh, in this newest generation was, you know what? I have a job for the first time ever. I and can you're single. And I'm single. Right. I, I've got, uh, quite a, a wealth of disposable income. Ah, uh, plenty. No, um, so in my mind, it just made a lot more sense. Like, I'm going to buy all these things and whenever anything really just spectacular hits the market, I'm going to pick it up and my investment Which hasn't been be much at this point. Yeah, you know, which like, is a disappointment, but having the infrastructure to, having the freedom to do so is nice, but yeah, it, it like you said, it's a little it, it's a little like spreading yourself too thin in a way, both in terms of your free time and financially, because I mean, they are still expensive consoles oh, yeah. when they are all yep. added up. So. Absolutely, but you know, depending on the hours that you get, you know, it could be seen as a as as a way to entertain yourself. You know, the, as far as cost analysis, but, which is I, I know something that you think about quite often. Uh, that's pretty much literally my entire life. That's what I do forty hours. That's what I get paid to do forty hours a week. And, you can't um, bring your work home with you, Miles. No, I think I've always kind of looked at things in kind of like as a time value proposition yeah i mean so you'd be really good at firing people <laughs> you'd yeah. be like oh you know what i know what twenty eight thousand can buy me in a year and you're not worth it yeah that's honestly probably if i was a manager i'd be probably kind of calculating and cold maybe yeah i see i wouldn't have a lot of sympathy for people who uh say like worked two jobs um, right, right, but you don't have sympathy for people in general. Really. I wouldn't say that. Or empathy. I, I, well, you definitely don't have empathy. 
You think? Sympathy, maybe. I think I have stronger empathy than I do sympathy. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> but that's only because you hang around with a lot of people that are very like-minded. You're right. like, oh, yeah, I empathize with you. Yeah, man, that sucks that you can't play games. You're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah, that sucks. You're like, oh, man, my wallet just got stolen. Man, that sucks to be you. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. I think I'm pretty empathic. It, it's all... Uh, it's all relative, I think. That's right, yeah. Yeah, we live in a world of gray. Yeah. And there's I, more than 50 shades of it. Right. I love sitting on fences, too. I just... I, I know you do. Yeah, it's my favorite you know, stance to take. Well, fetish, I mean... Yeah. Let's yeah. Uh, save that for another podcast, or maybe <laughs> off air. Getting back on track, um, I I got married in 2010, my wife, and we have a daughter now, and, and then we actually lost the daughter at 28 weeks, so we were expecting two at this point, so that was life-changing, to say the least. So there's been uh, definitely, I've, my life's been pretty easy, you know, definitely, there's been a few things that you just can't escape as far as heartbreak goes, uh, when you sort of take that plunge in life, like bad things will just happen to people. So that's that's where I'm at now. I'm also working a a more career driven job. I'm a I'm a certified cicerone, a beer beer expert essentially, working at a beer store, and that's definitely challenging because it's a small business, and so there aren't a whole lot of benefits or time off or anything like that sick leave it's definitely very rewarding because being a small business i'm very critical to the success of the company and that's that's very rewarding in itself you know like you don't really feel disposable see and that's um like to contrast with like my job for example where i'm very much removed from feeling that i make a difference because ultimately i work with the bottom line i work with numbers and decisions are driven based on the reporting that I do but sure. I don't make those decisions and I don't sit in on the on those meetings uh you know per right. se and so you're the calculator that's exactly right and so I we've had this conversation before and I've had this conversation with with Chris as he's moved into the workforce over here in uh California is that it's kind of like a constant state of feeling like because when you have when you don't feel that you're making a difference you do tend to feel more expendable because you just you're so far removed from the nitty-gritty i I think that's interesting and you seem to really since you started your job i mean i've never heard you speak ill of it i've never heard you say damn this this sucks oh it's very rewarding yeah yeah so it's just interesting to see the difference in kind of just kind yeah, of assessing. just your outlooks when it comes to work. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting because it's very crucial, especially as working men, not to like do the sexist card. But I mean, like, I think I think there is something to be said about, especially since just traditionally we're kind of set up right now with this. That obviously it's the exception today. But that there's still this this like pullover from our parents and their parents that the guy works and the woman will do can work, but uh, if there's kids that need taken care of, you know they can they'll be at home and that'll be their their job so to speak. So I think that as guys, uh, you know, it's there is something rewarding very especially to us to work and be successful at it that's something we can talk about in the future and obviously that that emotion extends to women as well but i think that there is something to be said 
as far as how you're seen in the world. A few guys that I know are stay-at-home dads, you know, made that decision because their wives were making better money and the world views them in a certain way. They're like, what, you weren't successful or... You know, right. like you just suck at your work. It's like, no, I'm making the de- same decision that my wife might have needed to make if I was doing better at work financially than she was. So I think that's kind of interesting. Other than that, uh, I homebrew. I enjoy reading when I can. I obviously enjoy video games. I spend most of my time probably on the PC and playing a few interesting games on consoles. And I think that we should talk about them. But first, Miles got a package in the mail from me. Yes, uh, I did. No, actually, it was from Amazon. No, it was, fr- well, no, it was misleading. It's misleading. Maybe the name ripped off, but you it was that from me. You know that smile on the, on the package they do with their little arrow? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was me. I, I was smiling when I got that package. Oh, nice. Yeah, the little halfway smirk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I sent Miles some Minnesota beer, some, some of my favorites and some of Minnesota's finest beer. Uh, and uh, we're drinking the same beer from a very small brew excuse me, brewery in Minnesota uh, by the name of Steel Toe. We're drinking their IPA. What do you think of it, Miles? I have to say, I had the, I think it was the Abrasive Ale is what it's called. Yep, from Surly last night. Last night. And I have to say, I like that one more. Yep. It's just... As you should. Yeah, and so, but this one is equally lovely, not quite as oily and doesn't stick on the palate quite as much. No, it's a little bit more bright and a little bit more dank and grassy for sure. Yeah, I'm getting uh, grassy and like grapefruit. You can tell me if I'm wrong because you're the expert here. No, well, but that's the, that's the, I get, I usually get a lot of citrus off this beer, but the one thing is, is that yours is uh, maybe about a month old and, or maybe even more. And mine is super fresh because I got it at the store that works right by it. And I'm getting so much, like, marijuana off this <laughs> beer. It is, like, super, super dank. And su- <coughs> it smells like, oh, yep, it smells like that. But I'm getting a lot of pine and a fair amount of citrus through that. But, yeah, it's a very good beer if you live in Minnesota. You should absolutely try it. I think that we might try and make it to this brewery when you guys actually come and visit because that's coming up soon. Yeah, that will be in. I'm getting all my days mixed up here. Let me. I think it's about nine weeks up. now. May 27th through the 31st. I think. Yeah, it's we'll about be two there. months. Yeah. Need to double check on that, but I. No, it's the uh, 20, 20, 27th to the 30th. I okay. Think. I don't have my itinerary. Right. Chris is actually in charge yeah. of this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and I have have relayed the plans back and forth. So, yeah, but that'll be super exciting. We'll. Maybe be able to report record a podcast in person with uh, some cool dudes and take a few pictures and go to some really fun places. And actually, I'll be turning 30 while you're here. Oh, my goodness. So that's quite the so milestone. I, I just, I'm concerned about that because we're going to drink you under the table by that point. At, when you get that ripe old age of 30, you're going to yeah. go to bed at like 10 and, at, you know. Um, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll have my... Old man pajamas yeah. as a 30th birthday and present. And the hat, the little... Yeah, yeah, the cap, yeah. yeah. With mine or kerchief and Sean in his cap. <laughs> so I'm... Uh, Aaron wouldn't wear a kerchief, I don't think. We'll power through. 
We'll power through. Yeah. What? So here's the thing. Um, there will be some glorious tales to be told. What uh, board games do you have lined up for us for this trip? Do you Man, have anything? I've been thinking about some. I've been I've been thinking about a few different ones that I'd like to play. One of which is a relatively new release from Fantasy Flight Games here in Minnesota, which actually, oh, we should try and make it out there. It'll be interesting. We'll see if we can do it. But they have the Star Wars license and strategically only paid at least at the beginning for the uh, for episodes four, five, and six. So they focused on that era of Star Wars, and they have profited greatly from that. Uh, now with the acquisition of Star Wars by Disney, now Fantasy Flight has sort of looped themselves into Disney's pockets as well. So they're making some very fine games right now, one of which is called Star Wars Imperial Assault. They made a game uh, in the past which was fantasy-themed. Imagine Dungeons & Dragons, the tactical combat of 4th edition, very like grid-based and uh, mathematical, and they made that into a board game much more accessible than the huge rule set of D&D. And this is essentially the Star Wars version of that. You play with iconic characters, they come as allies, Uh, you play uh, new characters to the franchise, sort of doing things behind the scenes as the movie's going on, and you're actually playing out, you can play out a story over missions, and it will present you with choices like there's a sort of uh, Jedi in training kind of, and there'll be a side mission that you could take to go and find her lightsaber uh, or or to go build a lightsaber, which um, is pretty cool because the other option uh, might be equally lucrative. And it's also an option to fail these missions as well. So failing it will um, bring about a different outcome. So you have this sort of choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing going on in the campaign based on your actions. Um, and also based on the missions you decide to take next. So and Fantasy Flight is really good about this because they uh, they release expansion after expansion to some of these games, and so uh, they just keep going after your wallet, and it's crazy. I'm almost embarrassed about the amount of money that I've given them because they're so close. I'm like, oh, I'm driving by Fantasy Flight. I could stop in. But they're, they're well regarded for, for making some of the the finest board games in the uh, in the world, and especially in North America. So, what were you going to say? I was actually I listened to a different podcast that was talking about um, Magic: The Gathering and kind of oh. how they corral, you know, the de- supply and demand of uh, their I don't know franchise. I guess um, it's crazy. I mean, yeah. they're 20 years down the road. They have this very well calculated. Yeah. I, You know what's funny, too, is I don't even play Magic, but my brother-in-law is staying over. He's a younger teenage kid staying over while his parents are out of town. Um, and uh, I was like, man, we should play some Magic. Like, I almost, like I've only played, like, two games of Magic in my life, but, like, I feel two like Two games this against life... Alex at PAX, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then, actually, I, well, I did play one here in Minnesota, too, but... It's just crazy, like, how, you know, when you have a little bit of disposable income, you're like, oh, I could try that out, but oh, obviously... <laughs> I'd like yeah. to touch on that disposable income thing. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's a topic for another podcast, but yes, that is definitely a thematic element of uh, yeah. this podcast, I think we, I bo- we both fell into that loop. I mean, and it comes into being adults that play games. Like, you need to have a very realistic view of... Okay, I'm gonna pay the money for this game. The money's not the problem; it's the time. Yep. So what's the saying? Is like when you're younger, you have time but no money. When you're middle age, you have money but no time. 
and then when you're older, you have money. Oh no, God, I screwed it up. It's like energy. Oh, it's too. health. It's health, right. right? Yeah, yeah. So when you're when you're younger, you have health and time, but no money. When you're middle aged, you have uh, health and money, but no time. And when you're older, you have money and time and health and no God. money and time, but money no health. time, but no health. That's how it goes. Okay, God, I'm like sweating trying to figure that out. I can smell the nipple yeah, sweat the from here. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, I need to write these 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 things down before we record i've that's the one thing though is because it's so simple like i've always wanted to i've always said it in company when it's come up i always i always screw it up i'm like it's so easy yeah i've, I've lived two i've lived two-thirds of it i know it <laughs> yeah i know it's uh yeah you're right it's definitely the money is usually no object at least in this hobby or lifestyle whatever you want to say gaming i would argue is definitely one of the more inexpensive things that you can do with your free time for um, sure outside and i think that's i think that's a great podcast episode yeah like Like we could fill that up no problem because i'm sorry i'm starting to go out like go based on strategies for myself and saying no you can't buy this your Mm -hmm. life will go on Mm -hmm. you know like i guess the most recent thing was battlefield hardline it's like oh yeah it looks super cool but i know that i'm probably going to play it for about a week and not enjoy it as much and i'll be back to playing league of legends again yeah. I'll, I'll hop on hearthstone or you know like i've got a backlog of things that i need to play you know like so speaking you just of say you just say no that's that's one of the big things about being an adult too especially with a family is just being like no no you need to say no to things oh you absolutely do because yeah. otherwise you're gonna just um you what you what you do when you try and spread yourself that thin is that you don't give a game your full attention. And right. when I've yeah. reviewed games, I've been kind of called out for this is that, you know, I didn't give it enough time to kind of to to percolate to and kind of sit in, in there yeah. and kind of just get a feel for the game, but I just feel like my time is so limited that I can't afford a game any of excess it has to catch me immediately right so I'm actually so speaking about that I'm actually sinking my we'll we'll do a little bit of what you've been playing before we need to wrap up our first pilot episode here but I think that uh I think that that lines up perfectly with my purchase of Bloodborne so I've I've I, I've I've never got into uh Dark Souls yet like I've I've always kind of like heard the whispers about it, but now it's like you know it's on people's like top ten games of all time. Like a, a lot of people that I respect. So this is by the same creator, it's a Japanese art, artist or director. So it follows the same procedure. Like you are gonna die a lot and you're gonna suck at combat. And it's one of those things where like I'm getting frustrated. I'm like, oh my god, like how do I beat these guys? Like my weapons are degrading. Do I just start over a whole new game? I'm not even getting past the first zone. Super frustrating and super like super taxing on your your mental well being, I guess. Like you're just like, God damn, you know, I suck. Like what am I doing here? Like I just wasted an hour. But it's one of those things where like you'll get past a part that you've never got past before and you're doing this very calculated sort of run through a place that you've played and died numerous times. And like I've basically pushed myself past that point of I'm not interested in this because 
I've heard that there's value in it, right? And so now it's my challenge is to find the value. And I also love that sort of thing of like that sort of emotion. Like, yes, I did it. You know, like I pushed myself like it wasn't easy. And I did it. You know, it wasn't an immediate reward. But now I'm among the people that have beat that difficult boss. So that's that's also one thing that I've been doing lately with uh, some of the newer releases is rather than just playing League of Legends all the time, like sitting down with Monster Hunter and like these games that I might not pick up or have played in the past, like also Persona 4, a Japanese role-playing game. I haven't played one of those for a very long time Mm -hmm. and just sort of pushing myself to even if i don't stick with it forever to like just play it and sort of gain consciousness about it and and sort of play around with what are my expectations in gaming and in free time to you know where am i finding value and see that value that's the kind of that's how like i said earlier it's kind of how i kind of how i base a lot of my decisions in life is just um what i get out of something and yes that sounds kind of really selfish and whatever but um but it's also in most in most cases that we're going to be talking about it's your money too right right well that it's your hours of work and so for those games like i get i i fail to see the point in beating my head against the wall i'm sure there is a breakthrough point eventually but for me what i found recently is it's really challenging to knuckle down and be like okay i'm gonna be stubborn and i'm just gonna subject myself to something that's not on its face very enjoyable but for the broader kind of big picture at least in my hobbies and stuff that's a hard that's a hard proposition you know to address i guess Um, yeah sitting down in a game and playing through it you know almost like forcing myself to has brought back and then not eventually not thinking about like oh i'm forcing myself to do it it's just like in my mindset kind of Mm -hmm. uh it's like oh rather than just like you know no brain sit down at the computer and just start a game of League of Legends. Right. I'm like, maybe let's... And I love to do that. I'm still playing League of Legends. You know, maybe let's try something else. Let's just see what's out there. And so that becomes a part of your consciousness in a way. So I, you know, I, I am doing the things that I'm sinking my teeth into these things that I might not have done before and I'm getting this sort of nostalgic feeling of being a kid again like when you only had that one game right and like and you don't and you didn't have like a hundred game backlog Preach you know it. Preach right it. where where you're just you're playing that game and man there's some times when you're gonna beat your head against the wall and games are super difficult or they're super complicated for you to wrap your head around like you think about things like starcraft you think about things like sitting down to play a Zelda game that you haven't before. Like, your mind now, like, I've noticed my mind is so ADD. I just switch. I'm like, oh, I'll just play League of Legends. Oh, I'll play another game. I'll play another game. But to sit down and focus and be like, I'm playing this game, and I'm going to beat it in a couple weeks. I'm going to find secret things about it, and I'm going to gain skill. That has a very nostalgic factor to me. Or like, the only game that I'm kind of, like, I'm just thinking about one game, you know? Yeah, so see, like, I, I see exactly what you're saying, and it's so funny, because um, it's very empowering to feel like I'm going to get over this hurdle, and I'm going to get over this obstacle, and I'm going to enjoy this game. And this is probably going to happen 
a lot just uh, for the listeners and I, I reference a lot of podcasts because I listen to a lot of podcasts, but this one podcast I was listening to earlier in the week was uh, the Cracked Podcast, and they were talking about the, uh, I believe it was called the Economics of Addiction. And so what they had referenced in that was uh, the Candy Crush game and how there's no payout for playing Candy Crush. There's just little fleeting moments of satisfaction faction um it's the dopamine factor that is exactly it and so when you play games like league of legends that you just jump in and you you get a kill and you light up and you're like oh my god this is great and then you get killed and you lose and you throw a game and you know they steal baron or whatever high ups and high downs yeah and it's tough man but um you kind of get it it is it is addicting in that sense you you're like i want to I want to ride that wave, baby. I want to cast a good skill shot and get that kill. Um, Plus, yeah, it's it, because it's something very familiar, yeah. right? And and, uh, and and you don't since we've been playing it for four, you know, four years at least now. Um, I know you dr- fell off the bandwagon a little bit, but oh yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, well, actually, pretty hard, yeah. But um, but after four years, the whole system is very familiar to us so like jumping back in and me just like winning six games in a row as renekton top lane like i'm just like Did yeah f today? yeah <laughs> oh no well not today but it's it happened over the course of like three days yeah i was playing ranked i was like oh ranked is easy yeah Ren- <laughs> renekton top no big deal and um, then you just get and i don't know man it's very much like um it is i think in those games they're i think they're very much designed to 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 feed you that the dopamine response like you're talking about. I don't about. know. Like for myself, if we were to get into it, I we don't we don't have much time left right. on the podcast yeah. here. I think we got about five minutes. But the, the the for me, like the dopamine effect in that game is a result of the skill system in the game. Sure. Right. So you would. I mean, that's what they tell you when you start these mobas. They're like, you're gonna suck for a while. You better get used to it. You know, like, you got to learn, like, 115 champions, what they all do, mm-hmm. what you need to watch out for. You need to learn a lot of things, like, about farming and about warding and all this stuff. And <clears throat> so the dopamine effect comes from, quite literally, uh, you know, several, or maybe a, after a year of playing the game pretty regularly, like, knowing the systems and then pulling off the big plays. Right. Right? That's the dopamine effect. But quite literally in things like Candy Crush and things like... Flappy Bird, even you know, like back in that day, and mm. then uh, what else? Like, uh, well, even um, I don't know. Angry I'm sure Birds, they noted some but others. that's not Angry like Birds, a microtransactions-driven yeah. game, so I wouldn't argue necessarily. Not wholly, yeah, yeah. But um, but but those are quite literal. I mean, the the big flashy ones are meant to drive you. Yeah. To, like, so well, just get some more money. Like you're saying, flashy, and I, I think that does play into the the draw of it you know when you, when you hear the announcer saying you know penta kill then you're just like oh my god i am awesome yeah but yeah. um you know i think they are there are always going to be those elements of games that are designed to bring you back especially the ones that are the microtransaction driven um and so i i think that's something that we all need to be aware of and to govern in a way yeah, so that mentally. so that we can have a multifaceted kind of um, experience within gaming, and uh, this this podcast I think has been kind of gaming centric, but I do think that we are tying in kind of overarching 
philosophies and values that we've kind of gleaned over the years um, incorporating gaming into our lives. But, um, you know, I think... um, And also being aware of how how gaming affects our well-being in one way or another. In our mood, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I, I think those are very important lessons to learn and just be mindful of because, um, you know, you can get you can get into a game and, like, League of Legends, I'm saying, not you're not going to sit there and, like, you know, start yelling at your friends because you're losing in a single-player game. In a multiplayer, in a team-based right. setting, yeah, you're going to tension to rise. Yeah, that can ruin some and, friendships. Yeah. And, we've, and we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've seen it happen. Yeah. Um and and tensions have been high um but these are the things that i think you know it's topics like these that i think we're going to be talking about in the future mm-hmm. and sort of uh how you know not just strictly about just games and how much we like them but investigating how games affect us and how they fit into our lives in a healthy fashion and to find the good that they can bring us uh as adults it's very easy to see the uh, the good that it can bring a child, you know, right. forms their brain, uh, provides uh, hours of entertainment, uh, brings friends closer together. Uh, but obviously, uh, when you're older, um, you definitely make trade-offs uh, to play games mm-hmm. when you could, when time is not uh, as available as when we were younglings. Yeah, I um. I, I just I'm that's why when you when you had first texted me the other day about this, um, I was just kind of excited because I, I just think it's um to pursue a podcast and like to touch back on what we were talking about earlier and and putting ourselves out there in a you know, and talking about our, our life experiences like my dad dying and you're you losing your second daughter and you know, it's uh I, it's just very. I, I want to. I want things to be very impactful and very insightful for our, our listeners, and not just be a kind of ubiquitous gaming podcast and you know shooting the breeze over, you know what the latest and greatest in the gaming community is. Yeah. Um, I think we definitely will have those, um, but I think it's important to uh, to keep it to keep it significant uh, and not ambivalous you know like right. to to what it is and what what good can come from it <coughs> so um but uh thanks for listening folks um we'd like to wrap it up at this point our first exciting pilot episode of examining uh what this podcast is going to be and focus on and uh just share some stories and uh We'll have more for you next time uh, here on The Daily Grind. So uh, my name's Sean. And I'm Miles. And uh, thanks for participating in our Daily Grind.